0: Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships, and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centered approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts.
1: Welcome listeners to this Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode where I'm very pleased to be welcoming him back, Elaine Godley. Um, and Elaine will be talking to us about uh, Perfect 10 Wellness Programme and more specifically Aspect 5, not that it's in any particular order, uh, of that Perfect 10 don't kid yourself. Get your work into perspective and improve your well-being. Quite an assertive start to that title, Elaine.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, Paul. Thank you for welcoming me back uh, yet again. So, um, yeah, the Perfect 10 Wellness Programme, as uh, listeners may recall, is, uh, has 10 parts to it, and it's all about living life in balance. And one of the 10 areas that um, people often overlook is their work. So depending upon why you go to work, you will have various different sort of reactions and, and sort of reasons for being there. Some people go because it's a social thing to do. They don't need the money, but they, they like to be with people. Some like to have a structure to their day. Um, most of us, though, I suspect, go to work um, for an employer because we need to, to pay our bills. Mm. So imagine if you're in a job that, doesn't suit who you are as a person, it doesn't suit your natural behaviors. And imagine if you're in a job where the environment doesn't suit you. And if you're in both of those scenarios, it can be extremely stressful. So on one hand, you've got the need to to, to work for um, financial reasons. But sometimes it's actually better to walk away from something that doesn't serve you. Because what will happen, and if this is not negotiable, your health will suffer. It's absolutely not negotiable. So drawing on the behavioural profiling uh, information that we've we've heard about in previous episodes, if you have somebody who is uh, an introvert, for example, and they're in an office environment where it's open plan, it's loud, it's noisy, they can't concentrate, they prefer to do things one at a time in great detail and do them very, very... um, is sort of properly and, and uh, very detailed level if they're in an environment that doesn't suit them uh that you know in terms of behaviors then they're going to be frustrated they're going to be irritated that irritation will then turn to tension stress and both of those will then result in illness not only that they will take that frustration home with them Um, So their families will be affected, their their children, their spouses, partners, whatever. They will also, um, most likely, I've seen this happen uh, time and time again, their behaviour within their teammates will also be affected because a lot of these people who are introverted, they don't like to say that things are wrong. Um, They put on a, a brave face, but they just kind of shuffle along because they don't want to upset people. So they they then retain all of the stresses and strains internally. That then get uh, again adds to the the um, likelihood that they're going to be ill. The kinds of illnesses that these particular people will get will be things like um, uh, gut issues, uh, tummy troubles, um, ulcers, migraines, all the things that, um, uh, as you can imagine, are kind of held within the body. Yeah. So, so work is a really Important aspect to look at and consider in terms of your health. Um, Obviously, each of the behaviour styles will have a different uh, different reaction
1: to it. I can see now, Elaine. We actually split uh, split even not split split Mm. the behavioural part over two episodes. And now, as as you're sort of building on that and uh, giving us insights into these subsequent aspects, I can see why we we actually spent. Uh, a double session on that because from what I'm hearing you say now, Elaine, everything reverts back to that behaviour. You know, are you a square peg in a round hole? Because if you are, something will give.
0: Exactly. And it, and it's, it's every aspect of your life. It's not just work or home or family or friends or um, whatever. It's it, every aspect of your life needs to be considered in terms of who who your authentic self is but a lot of people go through their lives as we've you know mentioned before without really knowing who who they are they they they're continually bombarded with oh you must look like this you must do such and such you must go to the gym you must you know be stick thin um you know we we're, we're told so, so so many lies really by marketing companies who want us to buy their products or their service yeah. and people who um you know a lot of people are easily led and will go along with this and and also, we, we, as we go through life, we, we become uh, parents or um, aunties, uncles, you know, grandparents, whatever, whatever it is. Um, our, our family circle grows and grows, and we then have more people to please. We have more opinions to listen to, and we, we gradually lose who we are. And if we didn't really know who we were in the first place, it's, it's, it, we almost become a bit like a jellyfish, really, and sort of molding and you know just kind of meandering through life without a purpose without uh, being grounded so so the work the work thing which is the topic of this uh, podcast is really important to make sure that you're in work that suits who you are but that also the environment is right because if you're if you're in a role that you're unhappy with then you're going to be stressed and unhappy very often people will comfort eat because they're stressed and unhappy. So their weight will go up. Their level of fitness will go down because quite often people are sitting at desks and you know, there's no no time for exercise. So they're getting up early, they're travelling to work, they're in a car or a train or bus, whatever it is, um, looking at their phones. They they they're just not they're keeping their heads down, but they're not actually living. They're just surviving they're just getting through all to go to a role that they're not happy with in the first place. Mm-hmm. So um, you know this 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 behavior malarkey it isn't just a you know a, a little thing to, to consider it's it's massive it goes through the whole whole of our lives and that's why I start my perfect 10 wellness program always mm-hmm. with behavior and when I know the behaviors the, the leading behaviors um, for who I'm particularly dealing with then I can help them a lot lot quicker. Um, because I know how how they're likely to react to certain situations and how best to support them.
1: Yeah, um, I've said it time and time again. It makes perfect sense. It really does. And especially, you know, I know we've spoken both on air and off air about, you know, my example, my journey that's uh, quite polarised from where it was years ago. But, you know, there again, both sides of the coin, whether it's presently or past, makes absolutely crystal clear sense to me. And I can look back and reflect about why there was so much trouble caused, you know, why I caused so much uh, suffering in my own world, because, you know, through necessity, and I think that's a key word in this context of work, um, I found myself in, in, in positions and it's like, what am I doing here? What am I doing to pick up, you know, a, a relative pittance um, at the end of the week? I knew it wasn't me but needs must. And, you know, I didn't have the awareness in those days. I felt trapped. I didn't actually, I wasn't fully aware that I was trapped. I was just doing, it, it was like a robot going through the motions. I was miserable. All the things you've alluded to, you know, it exacerbated my drinking addiction and, and, uh, you know, everything that you've, as I say, you've referred to. So yeah, makes perfect, perfect sense.
0: So many people try to please other others and, um, They they start off in careers. I mean, this is why when I when I got trained in behavioural profiling twenty years ago, whatever it was now, um, I first started concentrating on students because in my previous roles I'd been a um, chief executive of a law firm and I'd um, I ran a big consultancy division for a big firm of accountants in London, and um, I was constantly seeing these bright young things in in the office who were clearly square pegs in round holes, they were squags. So I thought to myself, well, how how can, how can I help people who are in that position when all they know, you know, they spent years studying and getting experience in the industry sector and so on and so forth, who's going to listen to me? So I thought, well, if I start the other other end, help people to get in the right careers in the first place. So. I started as a consultant helping some schools. And in those days, um, in the 90s, it was not that difficult to get funding from, um, there was various different, I um, can't think what they were called now, um, or oh, business in the community. And I did mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of uh, projects with business in the community in London. And I mentored head teachers um, and I mentored um, individuals who were, who were considered sort of ne'er-do-wells. And um, I helped to get some of them back on track, which was, which was wonderful. Because if you, when you think about it, when we start work, we very often, I know things are different these days because it's expected it's, it's that um, there's, there's traineeships, apprenticeships, there's the um, you know university routes open now, which weren't open in my day. But a lot of people start work because they have an introduction through a friend, family member to an organization. I mean, way, way back when you think about it, there were generations of, of people that all followed, followed their previous generation down the pit mm. or, or, you know, to the ironworks or the, or the electrical factory or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Things like that don't happen these days, but um, that, was, that was typical. So we have, a whole raft, we have a whole generation of people who are kind of accustomed to doing the same old thing and because it's, it's expected, it's, you know, it's the generational thing. Um, and these people are still around. Um, they're older now, but they've 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 been indoctrinated um, into just kind of putting up and shutting up. And try to you know how do you, how do you change that that mentality? So if that generation still are sort of giving career guidance to their children, their 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 grandchildren now, we've got an awful lot of work to do to unravel that mentality. So to me, this all belongs. So this all starts in, in in at school. If we're guided on the types of things that we're good at um, at an early age, then we can then look at the types of careers that we should be going into far far earlier. And I don't believe even to this day that this this happens, which is a great disappointment.
1: You used the word there, Elaine, mentality, as as you was speaking there. I made a note around um, three words: working class mentality. Because as you was telling or uh, giving us those insights there, I was yet again sort of recollecting my own experiences. And and when I say my own, um, you know, I stress to to listeners again: this is absolutely not about me personally, but. By me telling or offering this reflection, it is indicative of thousands, in fact, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of young men certainly growing up then as I was. And you're from a working class background, lad. Don't forget your roots. Do as you're told. Work hard. Um, And you also mentioned the pit scenario. And it wasn't unusual, Elaine, for me to witness as a youngster, um, you know, a minor coming home from... um, from uh, from Pitt and on the Thursday put in his wage packet on the table um, to which he'd probably get sort of in old money 10 bob 50 pence in modern day money back out of that from the mother the, the woman of the house and that was it I mean that was your duty that was you know you're not a proper man if you don't go to work and all this stuff and you know, I still hear that now. I still hear that now. Um, slightly different thing. I heard something a few weeks ago, which was kind of from that backyard, women shouldn't be allowed in pubs. Um. I
0: know, it's <laughs> shocking. It's funn- funnily enough, I was at my local pub last night. Um, I, I drink at a, um, what do they call it? It's, it's a micro pub. Mm. So it's, it's like, it's going back to the old kind of front room um, type thing. The yes. very, very small. Um, the people in there... Um I mean, it sounds like I'm a heavy drinker I'm not but to me it's a social thing mm. um, and where can where can a woman comfortably go out on her own you know as I am that I where I feel safe I'm comfortable I'm in the company of like-minded people and i'm I'm really pleased to see these micro pubs cropping up now all, all, all over the uk and um when I was in there i don't mean, I, I don't always I don't you know, just go there for a drink. I go there for the company and the conversation. There's no, there's no music. There's no one on bandits. They're just people very often doing the crossword, reading and very often drinking non-alcoholic drinks. So it's not a den of iniquity or anything like that, but it's a nice place to go that's safe for, for somebody on their own. And nearly everybody that's in there, you know, we're all loners, as it were, sort of thing. Um, But we, we, you see, that's another reason people work, because we, we, all, we all need to belong somewhere, don't we? We all yeah. we need to have a yeah. tribe. Yes. So you, you have a work tribe, um, and you have a, a social tribe. You have your family tribe. You have a whole whole load of circles of tribes. Um, but for some people, you know, finding one tribe is difficult. Yeah, the the, the way society has changed over the years has been remarkable. I, I was um, from families um, originally up in um, Renishaw and um, everybody but everybody went down the pit. And my dad decided um, that he wasn't going to go down the pit. He Uh, studied and he was an electrical engineer and he went to um, to the ironworks but he decided that there was much um, better life going on down in London and um, he took us all down when I was three to uh, where my mum was um, raised and and I pretty much was now in Shinkford on the edge of London and Essex and he joined the Metropolitan Police. Um, So I then became, so so I've gone from being a sort of pit pit, um, generation to being police generation um, and both both working class but completely different yeah. Um, yeah different expectations so the expectations i don't know if you've um, studied, looked at any of these stories but it said that the first born of a police man because typically that's that's uh, you know it still isn't you know predominantly a police but the first born of a policeman that there's lots of pressure on that person and that that, that, that person was me to to succeed at everything and in in back in the day my the generation i was brought up in you either do or you don't you either win or you come nowhere Mm. second Mm. you have to come first so all of these all of these um beliefs that we're that we're brought up with that we're indoctrinated in by our parents some of them are good but a lot of them actually don't serve us so we take that into the workplace with us. So we're we're going into work, um, not really knowing who we are, because we've not explored that far and we're still learning ourselves who we are when we're we're a teenager. Um, Whether we go to university or whether we go straight into a job, whatever, we have to go through this um, life apprenticeship, don't we?
1: Um, We When we
0: don't know much about anything, all we know is what other people tell us. We have to experience it ourselves. So again, you know, the, the behavior thing is so, so important, you know, really, really is, but um, the environment you work in, it has to be, it has to be suitable for you so that you can be your authentic self. And if you're not authentic self, your authentic self in the workplace um, and you can't make adjustments to do that, then quite frankly, you're better off out. And that's what I did. 1998 I walked out of a very high paid senior position. Um, because it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't being myself. I wasn't true to myself, and the the things that I was expected to do in the workplace at that time. And I thought I can't, I just I just can't do this anymore. Um, I was paid an absolute fortune. I'd got a would bought a big six bedroom house off plan, and everything was rosy on the outside. But I just I just wasn't happy at work. So uh, so I walked. And I've never had a proper job since.
1: <laughs> and that just proves, uh, Elaine, doesn't it, how much happiness and success is an inside out job. You know, I've seen this so much, that ostentatious show, um, you know, of wealth and, and all the trappings or perceived trappings. But underneath, you, you, you can tell, you can learn uh, to read the body language over the years Um and you can just tell it's not right internally, and what and I think what you're saying there is a, is a is a prime example of that. You know, you add all those uh, extra. I call them silver trinkets. Um, you add all those uh, silver trinkets, like you say. You know, the the six bedroom house, and oh blimey, she's doing well. She's this, she's that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, but hang on, have you actually asked her how she's feeling? Does anybody ever stop and ask Elaine how she's feeling? Yeah,
0: and- very very rarely. Uh, well in those days n- now do um, n- now people actually do now ask me how i'm feeling but mm. i think a lot of that is because um uh, they know i'm still under um I-, I have six monthly checkups for um my stage four cancer that i had four years ago
1: yeah so i've
0: only got another oh. year to go and i've only got so i've got what two or three more assessments and that's it i'm done done with it um but um yeah typically people just judge the book by the cover don't they i mean they see me now i mean i drive a very nice car. Um, I've got a nice. I'm going to get the this evening. I'm going to the the, the theatre to see Romeo and Juliet with a friend. Um, I'm going out to lunch tomorrow with with a, another friend. Um, I've been, there's an, an event last night. Um, I've got my radio show. Um, I'm, I'm doing all sorts of wonderful things. However, I haven't got the financial trappings that I had years ago. I live a very simple life now, but I live a life that suits me. And um, what you see is what you get. And I'm sorry that I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but that's hard luck. I'm happy with me. And that's that's it.
1: And that's it. Elaine. And, and you've kind of I was going to um, come in just before you started that uh, last couple of sentences. But actually, what you've just said is reinforced it. And, and I seem to say this with increasing regularity on these podcast episodes now about how simple life really is. And going back to the very first podcast episode, uh, which was under the old Mastering Life banner of Mastering Life, as simple as ABC. And just listening to you, you know, recount there, Elaine, your your kind of progression growing up. And obviously, I chipped in with a bit of mine. But, you know, the, the ABC of the awareness, because we don't know what we don't know. And and as you say, well, you know, your brother went down the pit, your, you know, your sister went into the... Um, you know into the lace industry or or knitwear or what you know it was all very stereotypical all very traditional roles for the boys roles for the girls that kind of thing and we didn't know what you know and we still don't know what we don't know but i think things have moved on thankfully in that respect and the billy the beef for the beliefs about well this is if this was good enough for me dad and my older brother and my uncle and you know or my sister my mother you know that that's the way life is And we're kind of, and I think you did actually use the word for me quite rightly, indoctrinated into this way of being. Yeah. And then the C obviously is having that creativeness to think, well, hang on, just because it's always been this way doesn't mean it has to always be this way. Because obviously if we don't do anything different, things will stay the same. And we're back to that kind of square one of, I don't know what this is, but I shouldn't be in this role because it's getting to me. It's making me miserable. Um, I hate this work. Oh, it's. I, I love I look forward to my weekends. Great. I've got two. I've got two days away from the jail, as I used to call it. Two days away from the jail. But Monday morning, boy, did you come back down to earth with are bang.
0: There are more heart attacks on a Monday morning, Sunday night and Monday morning than any other time in the week, apparently. Mm because people are stressing out that they're going back into an environment that they're not happy with. And it's so sad, you know, when when I see people on social media, thank God it's Friday, you know, oh, God, I'm dreading Monday and all these things. Every day of the week to me is an absolute gift. It's an yeah. absolute pleasure. And, and very often I, I don't know what day of the week we're on or, or we're not. Mm. Um, because life is just absolutely wonderful. But it's but it's what I've made it, you know, it's not it's – not, um, uh, blessed in some areas and um, I've got lots of challenges on than uh, the go behind the scenes but at the end of the day I, I do what I can to live my life in balance and I don't stress over things that I have no input over so you know things that I have no control over and um, so it, it's, a, it's a question of looking at your life in the round seeing what you can affect what you can't affect and, and whether it's worth pursuing. Um, a situation that you're not happy in, or you know, working a way out. But going back to the, you know, the, the thing that you mentioned, we, we don't know what we don't know, and um, that's where coaching comes in and mentoring. If we have somebody who kind of takes us under their wing, uh, whether it's a coach or a mentor or a, a friend or or family member, or whatever, we all need that somebody to believe in us, don't we? To give us a, yes. an extra lift yes. and um, to, to to point out to us the things that. Um, actually obvious from the outside, but when we're in a situation that we're unhappy, we can't always see the wood for the trees, can we?
1: That's right, (coughs) Elaine, and uh, I just, I suppose, semi-challenge that word obvious uh, from a coaching mentor's uh, perspective. Um, they're only obvious, I think, because of, you know, nine times out of 10, a coach or a mentor is in that role because he or she has had that sort of, um, you know, maybe just a touch further down the line in terms of their experience so they can see the pitfalls and they can see the, you know, uh, um, the challenges that lie ahead. And I, always, I was liking it to, you know, um, going on a journey in a car and and I'll say to a, um, to a mentee or a client, OK, where do you want to go? It's your journey. It's your car. It's your keys. You're driving. I'm the co-pilot. If we go in metaphorically, say I don't know up north. Let's say we're going from England to Scotland. I mean that's a very general, broad statement. So, but we're going up north, and all I could say is really you might want to miss that particular road there because it's prone to roadworks. It's gonna it's gonna cost you a lot of extra time. A lot of extra resources, petrol, this, that, frustration. Maybe, just maybe, you may want to consider taking a different route. And I think that travel, traveling in a car stroke metaphor for traveling in life, Elaine, is, is, is a good one to serve people because we do have choices. And as you say, you know, no matter how people perceive our lives, oh, you've got a great life. Well, I've made it that way. Um, and it is, like you say, a very, very, very simple life, a very simple life, because I think by stripping out all the confusion and the clutter and the unnecessary things that, you know, stuff, if you like, that we, that we do allow to build up, we just create so many problems for ourselves. And when, when you sit down and think, well, why am I actually doing that? Or why am I actually involved with that person or in this relationship or in this Why? and you just think hang on no no what price peace of mind
0: there's a very good book by Simon Sinek um, that's I can't remember the title but it's something like it's all about the why yeah and I I, I use why very often in in, in my day in my head you know like you say why am I doing this what's the purpose Mm. Um, and I'm I, I find it struggle uh, struggle sometimes to focus on things because I'm so interested in so many things and I get bombarded the whole time um, for me to endorse this product or that product or um, look at this opportunity. So it goes on and on and on. So now I just, I've created a, a system where if anybody wants to talk to me, they go to my, I point them to my website. There's a booking schedule system on there. They can book in to have a free uh, telephone call with me, but I want to know what it's about beforehand. Um, and um, so that way that manages my time better, but I want to know you know what what they want to to talk to me about and why, but also I, I use the so what?" so by looking at, at the why and the so what," um, I've managed to declutter lots of uh, approaches that come to me, and um, so I, I can sort of cut through um, why is this person contacting me um, you know sort of what what's it about and so so what if they if they if i listened to them or 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 took time out to look at their opportunity what you know what would be the next thing and if it's something that's going to take my bandwidth we've we've all only got so much bandwidth in our brain Mm -hmm. and at the moment i'm focusing on um building my perfect 10 wellness brand and that involves podcasts as, as we're doing now um but it involves a lot of writing and so on so all of these things that i'm that the old elaine would have got distracted on i'm being able to focus that's because i know my why and um, i know where i'm going i've got my purpose and i'm grounded i know who i am etc etc and i f- i feel really lucky to be in that position but it's not luck it's it, you know I, i've made it happen myself um so it's it's been in control of our own destiny being open to to things being prepared to listen and take people's guidance, like not not using the, the roadworks um, on your trip to Scotland. Um, listen to somebody that's been there before um, and, and, and can guide you, but uh, do so with an open mind and a willing heart, and it's amazing how far you can go.
1: Absolutely. And um, on that travel note metaphor, Elaine, I um, we've nearly come to the end of our journey, on this particular episode anyway. Yeah. So... Um, Okay, so how can people get in touch with you Elaine if they want to uh, if they want to know more?
0: Well, very simply, just go to my website www.perfect-health.co.uk or just google Elaine Godley and all sorts will pop
1: up. Super. Thank you. So there you have it listeners, that was Elaine Godley telling us about get your work into perspective and improve your well-being. I think some great advice in there. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Certainly hope you've taken some value from it. And until the next time, remember, keep learning, keep loving. But above all, keep, let's keep speaking from our hearts.
0: Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success.